So dear, we've had a psychedelic trip into the land of fiction, and uh, now we're back. Uh huh. For just in time for the invasion. Uh huh. So, what what happens in the invasion, dear? Mm-hmm. Uh, Is it, it perhaps an invasion? Yeah. Cool. Mm. What type? Uh, the the type where people invade. Oh, ooh, fancy. Yeah. One of the special types of invasions. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. So give us a give us a, a play by play episode. Okay, fine. The TARDIS is flying around, and the console's moving. Everyone's safe from last time, apparently. This one's animated, by the way. And they see the dark side of the moon. Dark side of the moon! And Pink Floyd's hanging out, and then they see something coming towards them, and it's a missile. And the joystick was ripped off, so they can't really move, but then they blow up. And that was the invasion. It was the missile. Invading the TARDIS. That's what it was. Missile invading their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do see a cow, though. That's nice. That is true. We do see a cow, and it's a very Mm -hmm. nice cow. A very good cow. Mm -hmm. It's just eaten. And then the TARDIS teleports in next to it. They're fine. Um, And then they turn on the camera and go, Haha, there's a cow! And then there's a flashing light, and the TARDIS needs some repairs, and they think they're in England in the summertime. It is time to see. I called him Professor Traverse for a little bit because I didn't understand what his name was. Travers. Yeah. And the TARDIS keeps doing shit and it turns invisible and they walk out and find a road and hail a car and it stops, asks what they're doing. Uh, something's weird, but he says if they want to go in or out and they're like, in maybe, I guess. And then. The car is being followed by motorcycles. So the driver pulls off the road, opens the back, saying we should leave the car and go into the woods. Was it the Sandman in the car? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Um, but there's apparently only one company, it's on their trail, and there's a compound or something about a prison keeping people in electromatics... And they have a whole community, and they keep everyone there, and they make all the electronics. And then they head back to the car and go to the gate, which the guards uh, have guns at. And then the driver's like, here's my papers, and drives through. And then they come to a stop again. And he's like, get out. Oh. Yeah. Everybody gets out. And they go into the woods. And then the bikers are back and talk to the driver about what the fuck he's doing. And they're like, you're coming to question- for questioning. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to. And then they fucking shoot him. Like, actually gun him down. It's a little weird. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say out of place, but it is a thing. It's, it's, it's very, very sort of j- jarring. Because yeah. you're not expecting something so real from a Doctor Who episode. You're expecting them to shoot them down with, like, laser guns. But these are, like, real-ass guns. Yeah. Um, Men and then dying, they everybody's at the uh, a house, and because they climbed into another car, and the place that they're going has a different name, and inside is someone modeling and ignoring the door, and then she answers it and goes, "What the fuck are you doing? My camera's jammed." And then the doctor fixes it, 
And apparently Professor Travers left, and Professor Watkins lives here now. He works in applied physics, and he's her uncle. And then Zoe it starts to pose for her, and she mentions that her father left like a week ago. And apparently he's gone off to the International Electromatics, and they go over to call him. And the doctor calls him, and he's not available, and it's an answering machine that doesn't really answer anything. There's two men! Two men. <sighs> Following the, the doctor, though, as they head inside to the Electromatics building, and they find a computer answering machine. And so they head out to find someone else, and the two men following mention that they're going into a dead end and they have to come out somewhere. And meanwhile, a man in a chair says we should deal with him, and a gas is released on them, and one dude wants to beat the fucking doctor's face in, uh, but a floating head tells him, no, Packer, uh, please bring them to my office. And he's like, hey, you broke in. Uh, and they're like, Sorry? And I know you're looking for Watkins, and Jamie mentions, like, some circuits, and the doctor's like, shut the fuck up, Jamie, and he doesn't. And Vaughn goes, oh, we can help with that. And he offers Jamie a transistor radio. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they do. Um, He offers him a transistor radio. And the, the, the packer takes them outside and shows them the fuck out, and He's like, we're going to fix these circuits. And the doctor thinks something's up with them because uh, he doesn't blink. And then Vaughn opens a door behind his chair and we see a giant glowing crystal metal structure thing. It's Robot Pope. Um, Robot and- Pope! Woo! And it's, it, it's not robots. clear. Anyway, that's that's the episode. That was the episode? Wow. Yeah, we're gonna like try to get through this pretty quick. There's eight parts to this one. You you did fly through it. I, I'll fill in some of the gaps here. So, Professor Travers, if you're listening to this in the future, you will most likely already know who Professor Travers is. If not, welcome to the club. Uh, uh-huh. I'm kidding. I know who Professor Travers is. Dear doesn't know. Well, Dear lucky doesn't you. Care, though. Dear doesn't give a shit. It was so- an episode that we didn't watch. Not that you'd fucking care either way. So, another an episode that we missed. Um, technically two episodes. Um, but we're only going to see one of them next year because the other one's still missing. Uh, involved uh, Professor Travers uh, with the uh, Yetis taking over London through the, the, the London Underground. Uh, taking over, uh, invading. Um, and the Doctor had help with... Uh, a Professor Travers and his daughter Anne Travers. <laughs> Sorry. The both of them assisted the. No, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not like I'm talking or anything. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> they assist each other to help take down the Eddies and win the day, etc. Um, so initially, it was meant to be Professor Travers and Anne Travers once again in this episode. But, and here's where it's like, it's not entirely confirmed from what I can tell, but it's basically like 90% confirmed, uh, but they were replaced with Isabel and her uncle, uh, Professor Watkins, uh, when I believe the the writers of the story where Travers was, um, uh, where basically the characters were written, um, they refused to grant them rights to the characters. Um, supposedly, the DVD production, uh, 
staff, whoever created the DVD for this episode, the subtitles claim that they were granted rights to the characters, but as the characters became less involved in the story, they thought it wasn't worth including them. Um, but I doubt that that's true. Um, hmm. But Travers is mentioned in dialogue, and they come up in future extended universe stuff, but you don't care about that, so yeah. it's all good. Um, but yeah, so they basically hand wave it away and be like, oh, they moved to America, but here's me and my uncle who are basically the same, mm-hmm. but kind of different. Um, we'll, we'll, we serve the same function, so uh, here will be the characters for this episode for you. <laughs> I am science. Hello. Hello, I am science. Hello. Next episode, dear. Uh, Jamie, the doctor, wanting her about there's a car following them. Uh, Zoe is posing and shit, and they're having lesbian coffee together. They talk about how they move around in the TARDIS, and they talk about making money as models, and then Jamie and the Doctor get cornered in an alley and are just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. And we see a science man looking at the circuit with Vaughn in the room, and he's not really sure what the fuck it is. Zoe and the model are trying to find the Doctor and Jamie, who are taken to the base. Um, a military base, I guess I should specify. And uh, the car drives straight up into a fucking plane where they are doing some calculations and things. And Ooh. it's someone they've met before, and it's fine. Uh, they're given tea! <laughs> and this is UNIT, United Nations International Task Force. Used oh, so to... close. So close. United Nations Intelligence Task Force. You were so close. I was legitimately proud of you for, for like, at least remembering most of it. I thought you weren't going to give a shit. I swear to God, Gam, let me finish. Ah. I'm just saying that I'm no. proud of you. No, don't be proud of me. I am proud of you for making don't. an effort. Stop. They're looking into electromatics. Um, apparently, when there's a bunch of people that come in to electromatics and they don't come out, and Zoe and the model go in and talk to the computer. And Vaughn takes a second look at his robot crystal machine and it talks and it calls the doctor hostile. And they were on its planet or something and they need to destroy him before they can invade. He is warned about the model and Zoe talking to the machine. And she talks to it in Algol? A-L-G-O-L? And she gives it, like, a basic equation which makes it burn and explode. And Vaughn wants to get them taken to him, which they are. And apparently some people come out of the building. Uh, They come out differently, though, looking weird and creepy. Uh, But the Brigadier can't make a move against Vaughn unless they have a real reason to. So that sucks. They That makes too much sense. They give the doctor a transceiver, which allows him to talk at any time, and they head back to the model's house, but no one's home, and they eat their sandwiches, and then the doctor takes Jamie's radio away and opens it, and he finds a weird thing, like a circuit in it, and then they just kind of ignore it, and then they go and find out where everybody went. Zoe and the model, or Zoe and the model are taken as hostages. To make it clear, to make her uncle keep working as a threat, the doctor informs the brigadier about the girls, and they head in again uh, through the back, though, so they aren't caught. And back with Science Man and Vaughn, they still don't understand the circuits, and then he goes back to his robot crystal and says, give me more information. He doesn't get information, and he yells, I won't do anything for you until you tell me. And then they're like, yeah, okay. 
Um, <laughs> meanwhile, a man carries a large metal thing inside something, and it's apparently really easy to lift, and when they try to lift it, it's really heavy, so that's weird. Who's they? The Doctor and Jamie. Good. And then the man brings a second one, and they're like, huh, that's weird, and an alarm goes off, and the doctor's like, oh no, and Vaughn goes, just close off the area and get him, and... The doctor is wandering around, and everybody hears the girls scream, and they run that way. And the girls are placed in some metal tubes and put in a return van, and then Jamie attacks one of them and loses, and that's the episode. Oh no! Fucking Jesus. So, um... Listen, I'm going fast because it's an eight-part fucking thing. The man that they meet on the plane is uh, Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart. That's a, a name you'll want to remember. Uh, initially they meet him in the episode that I was talking about previously with Professor Travers and, uh, Anne Travers. He, back then he was Colonel Lethbridge-Stewart, uh, now Brigadier, yep, uh, and he's now in charge of unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, fun fact about this episode, uh, about the, the very first bit of it. So when it was animated, this was, I believe the very first animated, uh, reconstruction episode that they ever did for DVD. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it is. Because uh, well, I remember I remember buying it and like because yeah. like, it was like the first Doctor Who DVD I ever bought. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's actually quite a few small animation errors. There's there's mm-hmm. some that you noticed, but some you didn't. Um, for what? instance, uh, Zoe's costume is completely wrong in the beginning of the episode. She's wearing the clothes that. Uh, Isabel gives her from the moment she's in the TARDIS. Uh, they huh. just didn't want to. They just didn't want to draw her in the the other suit that she was wearing. <laughs> I oh. guess. Um, uh, also, a, a small hidden thing: uh, the words "Bad Wolf" are written on Isabel's wall as kind uh-huh. of a little in joke to the new series. Um, yeah, because that was everywhere. the story arc at the time. Yes, because it was written everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, they. The animation style grows and changes, and they haven't. They still haven't even settled on an animation style like yep. the ones that they're releasing ne- this year, in twenty twenty one. Are uh, completely different. They, they, they're changing the animation style again. It's like okay, <laughs> um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, there's uh, um, a quick fact about the the receptionist uh, computer, by the way. The voice of it was the uh, director's wife. Oh, she she did the voice for it for the the, the computer voice and the telephone voice. Hmm. Yeah. What happens in the next episode, Jim? Uh, Vaughn comes down and stops Packer from beating the shit out of them. He says they were looking for the doctor, and they already left. And Jamie's like, "No, I heard them scream," and is like, "You could look at all the boxes. That's fine." And then Packer basically goes like, "Hey, fucking move the van." And so they're like, oh shit, well, that sucks. Uh, let's go to the factory and we'll meet it there. And Becker sent off to talk to Watkins and encourage him while the doctor heads to Vaughn's office. Uh, doctor apparently hates computers and Zoe is the same way or something. And the doctor says silent about the circuits and still wants to talk to Watkins. The doctor doesn't like how much he's interested in the circuits, might want to know about the TARDIS. Pacer is making threats to Watkins, and Vaughn comes in going, Hey, it's true, we have your niece. So Watkins wants to see his niece, and then afterwards uh, he'll agree to keep her safe if he does the work for them. 
and the doctor looks out the window and sees a deep space radio communication center and also a helicopter. And he finally takes talks to Watkins uh, about their shared friend for a second. And then Vaughn really wants to learn about the doctor's machine, so they spy on him with the camera. And the doctor's like, shut the fuck up, there's a camera, mm-hmm. can you stop talking? And he puts a magnet on it, and then they keep talking. And then Vaughn's like, okay, well, they're fucking assholes, so go get the magnet. And Vaughn talks about how he wants the TARDIS, or else Zoe is gonna, Zoe is gonna be fucked up. And they trick Parker for a moment, and take, or no, Packer. Packer, not Parker, for a oh, moment, yeah. and take the elevator away, and they break the circuit so that par- uh, Packer can't follow. Packer. Yeah. And they are like, okay, well, now that the elevator stopped, let's head into the elevator shaft. And Packer sends his army off to get them, and the elevator starts moving, and they're gonna get swooshed, and that sucks. Um, and Packer's in there, so he can swoosh them, and the Doctor and Jamie are now on the roof, and looking around, and then they take down uh, a fire escape so they don't have to jump. And Vaughn is really, really upset that they're gone, and they sick their whole army after them, and then... The army comes to search the trains and things, and Jamie hides in one of the containers, but then something inside the container moves, and then that was oh. the episode. Ooh. 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 Yeah. So you know the driver that um, picks up Dave, the, the Doctor, Jamie, and Zoe mm-hmm. at the beginning of the first episode? The one that gets killed. That, yeah, that's the director. Oh. <laughs> um... Uh, whoops, they killed the director. Yeah, well. Yikes. You deserved it. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Jeez. Uh, How do you think I felt um, about this episode, Gam? I know you hated it. I know you hated it. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah, I know. You hated it. <sighs> I just, I just wish you... I don't know. <laughs> I just, you just wish I just, what? I just wish you, like, were able to give these longer ones a chance. Um, But it's like, I know the minute that it's like, oh, it's eight episodes. Oh, it's seven episodes. Oh, it's longer. It's like, well... I didn't say I, I hated it yet, like it regardless. Anyway, episode four aired, fun fact, on the series' fifth anniversary. It Mm -hmm. aired. It wasn't, like, some sort of fanfare of, like, huzzah, it's the fifth anniversary special. No, they didn't do that. Um, Thankfully. (laughs) That that Mm would have been incredibly weird. (laughs) Um, So... When... when, uh, Not Wendy. Zoe. Wendy Padbury, who plays Zoe was uh, on holiday during the week of episode 3, so that's why she's not in it at all. Um, which is kind of... You You already picked up on it. You were like, oh, where's Zoe? Okay, maybe she's on holiday or something. It's like, yep, yeah. she was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, similarly, Jamie is uh, on holiday in episode 8 because he... I don't think he had had a break at all during any, like, filming of the series. So he was like, he needs a fucking break. Mm. Uh, so they... Uh, episode 8, they had already, like, pre-filmed an insert of him at the very end uh, to make it done. But yeah, what happens in the next episode, dear? 
Uh, so the guards have left, and the doctor and Jamie are okay, but Jamie points out that the crate moved, and he's like, yeah, we should look in there. However, uh, they took the girls into the compound instead, so it wasn't them, and they're like, oh, I guess we should ignore that crate and go help. Something about people being converted and wanting to secure his spaceship and get uh, Packard to steal the TARDIS, and then the Doctor and Jamie see the girls taken away, and the helicopter fucks off when they see shit happening. The Brigadier puts everybody on standby, and Vaughn, of course, instantly notices and then decides to do nothing. They send out an announcement over the intercom telling the Doctor to turn himself in. The girls are locked in a room trying to figure stuff out, and... Uh, look out the window and go, wow, that's a sheer drop. Uh, but hey, look, there's the doctor. And then he's like, shh, go away. And Zoe's like, oh, there's a camera. That's, that makes sense. And the doctor finally calls into the brigadier and asks if they can use the helicopter. And he says, yes. Bond looks outside, sees the helicopter uh, go by and sees it go for the girls. So they're like, shoot it down. They, they fly over, throw a ladder down. And then Jamie and the doctor throw the ladder further down the building. So that the girls can climb out of it. And then the girls barricade the door uh, of their room and Jamie helps them out. The army then starts taking shots at the helicopter from the ground and then try to head up to the roof. Jamie kind of like looks around for a little bit and stares at them uh, before the helicopter just takes off while he's hanging on to the ladder. And the bullets do nothing. And the Brigadier oh. asks what's up, if they're okay, and then he pulls back all his units. Packer and Vaughn have to go to London now, though, and move the invasion forward uh, to 24 hours. He then calls the Ministry of Defense and flirts with the receptionist before being connected. He does. He does. He does. He's like, <laughs> he's just like, get me the Ministry of Defense. Hang on. Hello. Hi. It's like, oh, wait, Hello no. There. Hi. How are you? Could you Hello connect there. me, please? Um... And then they scramble the phone, and Vaughn is put on, and he's like, uh, you need to stop unit. And he's like, alright, fine. Back at the Brigadiers, talking about action, and the Doctor brings up the moon, and they're trying to figure out what's happening. He wonders if everything is connected to those UFOs they saw, and they're like, what? And Professor Watkins is also going to London to see, and wants to see Isabel, but still needs to work. Fighter planes were sent to check on the UFOs, but then weirdly disappeared... Um, over Vaughn's factories, which is strange. Strange. Something's going on. hmm. And then they bring out more maps and show off the buildings in the area, and the doctor's like, hey, can I have a canoe? And then he and Jamie canoe up the fucking sewer to make their way inside and spy on some men doing stuff uh, with a thing in a capsule and a flashing light, and then the thing comes out of the capsule, and it's a Cyberman. (gasps) <gasps> That's Wait, the episode. Nope. So the invading aliens of the Cybermen? Mm-hmm. So fun fact, they did everything they could to make this a, a, a surprise. Um, but uh, the Radio Times, which is like the TV guide essentially, uh, the program listing for episode one bearing the title Invasion had the accompanying caption... Doctor Who starts a brand new adventure today. This is for episode one. At 5.15, one that will bring him face to face with some of his deadliest enemies, the Cybermen. Which effectively ruined the whole fucking surprise. Yep. It's like, wow. Okay. Fucking. Good job. Nice one. Thanks. Um, uh, so, 
this episode was initially meant to be, uh, <laughs> it was meant to be sort of used as proof that like Earth-based stories, stories based on Earth, uh, were could be produced cheaply and effectively. Um, the problem is that, ironically, this is the most expensive Doctor Who story ever produced when it was made, oh. and remained so for like quite a number of years. Mm. Um, partially because. Um, uh, they actually, I don't know if you saw it at the end of the credits for episode eight, but there's a little thing at the end of the episode eight that says, uh, thank you to, uh, the army and the air force, uh, cause mm-hmm. they, they actually had like proper planes and jeeps and lorries yes. and rescue helicopters, like all these things from Actual the army vehicles. and the air force. Um, yeah. Also, initially this was meant to be four episodes long. But the episode that was meant to come after it fell through completely. So they were like, well, this is going to get extended out to eight episodes now. <laughs> Which <sighs> I wish it didn't. I yeah. desperately wish it didn't. Because yeah. like, I still love this episode, but it's like, it would have worked so much better. You could very easily edit this down to four episodes and it would be uh-huh. perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's... um kind of funny but it it does its purpose like they they decide to have a lot more earth stories going forward um which has a bit of a detriment in that we don't get some fun alien locations but Mm -hmm. it has its own charm um uh it, it works in its own way um also while uh oh wait no that happens next episode okay yeah what happens next episode dear Jamie and the Doctor want to run back to the canoe and get away, so they do. And then back at the Brigadier, they're just talking about shit and hitting on the model. And then the Doctor and Jamie show up, and they talk about what they saw. And they really want to talk to the Brigadier, but apparently uh, he's currently being talked to about the General about stopping his shit. And the General also has, like, a brain shit moment. And then they keep, like, arguing, which is something. And then he's commanded to not take any more actions without permission, and the Brigadier leaves. Then the General calls Electromatics to talk, but he says he can't stop it if Geneva learns about what's going on. And he has another brain shit, and then is told more commands and things, and is told to just come down there. Hmm? Commands and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rutledge is having some problems talking still and mentions they have, like, a day or two. So they take the professor's machine down to the warehouse and Vaughn opens up uh, his wall again and the crystal thing is told there's a problem and they have to move in 15 hours now or else they're fucked. And it needs to take place at dawn and they're like, alright, sure. Dawn! Yeah, there's, like, 50 more crates to uh, open up for Cybermen, but it's fine. And they, the Cybermen are good to go through the sewers and take commands from their leaders. But if they go to Central Command about the Cybermen, uh, the, the, the TARDIS crew, go to Central Command about the Cybermen, no one is going to believe them. And Jimmy uh, has the radio, which is weird, and the Doctor wants to look at it. And then Vaughn has come down to the sewer to look at the machine, which is used on the Cybermen. So they revive one just enough to get it out. And it gives them emotions, so they give it fear, and then it screams horrifyingly and runs away. And it's then, really effective. Yeah. Uh, back at the Brigadier, they're talking about taking photos of the Cybermen, 
the model wants to do it, and he's like, no, you're a woman, and she goes, well, you're a man, and then that's it. And so, (laughs) and so, the model and Zoe just leave, and Jamie's like, well, you're a woman, you shouldn't do that. I was like, alright, we're leaving without you. And then Jamie comes along anyway. And meanwhile, the doctor's looking at the radio and stuff, and finds the same circuit in the equipment of the army people, which is weird. And apparently the circuit does things that might convert people. It's not clear. And that's not what Vaughn wanted, though. He wanted to control the Earth. He's And he's supposed to be turned into a Cyberman. But he's like, no. I have a cybernetic body, but my mind is human. And I'm not Suburban. I'm not a Suburban. Vaughn doesn't trust them, of course, and made capsules so they can't be controlled or something. And then the doctor's like, hey, where'd everybody go? Uh, guess I gotta go to London. And then the doctor realizes that everyone went off to take photos. And the brigadier calls the car that they used and goes, hey, uh, stop them. And the doctor's like, alright, I'm gonna head off and do the circuit thing while you get my friends. And the driver figures out that they went down into the sewer. Everyone's down there. They see a Cyberman in the tunnel. They take a photo of it. And then some cops head into the sewer and literally just get murdered. (laughs) And then a cop, yeah. And then there's some Cybermen coming from both directions, and uh, they're trapped. What will they do? That's the episode. Yeah, they're trapped. They're gonna die, dear. They're gonna die. Yeah. So, uh, do you remember who is Corporal Benton? I kept pointing him out to you. No. The one with the sideburns. Oh. Which so one? So he... <laughs> he was the only one with sideburns in this one, dear. That's fair. Listen, I'm confusing it with the next episode. It's fine, though. We haven't watched. That we haven't watched... Yeah. We, we watched them out of order because of scheduling conflicts. Yes, um, it's fine. And I was... I was hoping we would, like, get away with not mentioning it at all, but, like, every five minutes during the commentary, <laughs> Dear was like, oh, this is from the next episode, and I was like, well, I guess there goes that fucking idea. <laughs> um, I literally was so, just making robot Pope jokes. It's I mean, fun. you made it in the beginning of this fucking episode. You were just like, and it's revealed to be the robot Pope. It's like, that's a joke from the next podcast episode, dear. <laughs> fucking whatever. It's um, fine. So, Corporal Benton, the actor that was initially meant to play him, uh, basically was constantly late and delayed shooting because of it. So the director fired him and gave the part instead to the guy who did get it, John Levine, who at the time was an untrained extra and a monster actor who just, he noticed that he got on very well on set with Patrick Chatton and Fraser Hines because uh, he was one of the yetis in the Yeti episode, and in their off time, uh, he would, like, dance in his Yeti costume to, like, like have some fun with them. Uh-huh. Um, so, he, he, end- he initially signed on to be an extra, and he ends up being, like, one of the most beloved side characters in all of Doctor Who. Because <laughs> he comes back. So it's like, what a fucking glow-up. Um, I mean, I, I'd say. Uh, so, going on from that, this was actually one of the first serials in which scenes were recorded out of order. 
Um, as I said earlier, the insert with Jamie, that was all actually recorded at once. This is because their uh, recording and editing technology has finally sort of improved. Like, mm. wow, they can now record things out of order. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Um, yeah. Uh, so when they're, es- when they're a, uh, escaping the warehouse, by the way, um, escaping the, the, the place and getting up on the helicopter and everything. Um, According to Fraser Hines, the girl who plays Isabel, her skirt kept getting blown up around her neck while she was climbing the ladder to the helicopter. Um, Mm -hmm. To avoid the same thing happening to his kilt, he remembered reading somewhere that the Queen had lead weights sewn into the hem of her skirt to stop this from happening to her. It so happened that Fraser's dresser was a keen fisherman who sewed some lead weights into his kilt. (laughs) Oh. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> How handy. Also, I mentioned this to you to remember the location. International Electromatic... Electrom... Uh, Electromatics headquarters was actually the Guinness factory in Acton. Um, according to the producer, once the free Guinness appeared, not much work happened in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What happens in the next episode, dear? Uh, so the troops are looking down into the sewer, and uh, the Cyberman that was freaking out and ran into the sewer runs past the crew and is now headed towards the other side. And then the captain calls for them, and the crew's like, I don't know what to do. If we call back, they're going to hear us. And then the troops see some Cybermen. They're like, oh, God. And then they throw some grenades uh, as soon as the malfunctioning Cyberman comes up, because all the oh, Cybermen no. are like now very confused, and then the one remaining Cyberman uh, kills a dude who tries to run away, and then they so call back to, to the crew out. and they go, "Hey, go up the ladder," and they're like, "Okay," um, and then a Cyberman grabs Jamie's leg as he crawls out, and then they beat the Cyberman off and grenade it, and then the Doctor, he's still not really sure what's up with the circuits. And the photos of evidential proof are ready to go, but they look blurry and fake, so they probably can't use them. And, yeah. (laughs) The Doctor has an epiphany, and we cut away again. And then Vaughn and Packer are arguing about the invasion, and apparently Professor's machine is finished, though, so now it works the way they want. The Professor's like, can I go home? And then Vaughn just (laughs) fucking tries to kill him with it. And they are going to make an entire production line of the machine's and the professor's like, oh, this sucks. Um, and then he threatens to kill him, and he's like, alright, here's a gun, prove it. And he can't do it. But then he does do it, and <gasps> nothing fucking oh, so happens. Vaughn's dead? No. Vaughn's dead, right? N- no, he's cybernetic. But he got shot. He's cybernetic, oh. remember? Oh. So he's fine. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Um, Model has a whole moment, by the way, back at Unit because everyone's having some tea and a rest, where she's like, I'm sorry I like got someone killed. And then they make a note that the professor is going somewhere, so they're like, oh, we should rescue him. And then after all that, Vaughn is real upset about the situation, and at a man who ran away from them saving the professor, and then they kill him, and the professor doesn't know what the circuits do, though, so that sucks. And then the doctor realizes that the machine's what the machine do? What the machine do? The circuits what the are machine do. emotional circuits. 
meanwhile, the Cybermen are mobilizing underneath London. And then the doctor is showing everybody something, and they get Jamie, and he's like, man, I just wanted to sleep. And he points out where the spaceship was, and they're like, they're going to send a signal down to make everybody slaves. And Vaughn gets a call that everyone is moving into position. And everybody at the crew, and, uh, wow, I can't think of their name. The <laughs> the, the brigadier's group. Unit. Um, unit. Uh, take out the circuit board things from all the electronics around them so that it won't affect them. But then it starts happening and the doctor fucking faints. Uh, and the Cybermen are crawling out of the sewers and everybody in the world is being controlled. And that was the episode. <laughs> uh, yep. You, you, you really are trying to go through this as fast as you can, can't you? Can't you? I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the Cyber Planner, which is, as you dubbed, the, the Robot Pope... Um, that's the cyber planner, by the way. Um, uh-huh. it says that, that, uh, the doctor and his friends were spotted on planet 14. And you may be wondering what the fuck is planet 14 and what is it referencing? Um, uh-huh. the answer is that doesn't get solved unless you want to read EU stuff or listen to some EU stories. There's yeah. a really nice comic about it though, called the world shapers. That's about it. But it kind of goes in a different direction. Um, but it's it's hard to tell, because it's like, you'd, you'd think, oh, maybe they're talking about the 10th planet. But it's like, no, that happens in 1986, remember? This is happening in, like, the 60s or 70s. I say 60s or 70s, because we're going to have to get to the unit dating controversy when we get to the 70s and talk about it there. Um, because that's going to be a nightmare. Um we're not talking about it now. Um, mm-hmm. So, I one small thing that I pointed out, but I think you didn't notice. When they were climbing out of, climbing onto the roof, uh, in the lift shaft, there was a graffiti that uh, just said, Kilroy was here. Um, uh-huh. Fraser Hines was, took credit for that. He was the one who put it in the building. Initially, the director was like, white, no, don't do that. Until Fraser was like, hey, the building was built by British workmen, and they would have fun on the job with things like that. So, um, Kilroy I hear, I was here, I believe is like a, uh, like a, a popular war type phrase. Mm. Um, it, kind, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say a meme, but it, it essentially is in nature an actual, what an actual meme is, an idea, um. Uh, basically like a, a, a tag of graffiti to say that like uh, hey uh, no one really knows where it essentially came from but it came associated with like bald GIs in the 40s um, with like a prominent nose sneak peeking over as a wall like mm-hmm. as if like hey we're coming like we're here um, yeah so it's like bit bit of a tongue-in-cheek type thing so it's like it would make sense that the British workmen would have put that in there as, like, a tongue-in-cheek thing. So it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, so another thing, in the... Uh, no, actually, that happens next episode. What happens in the next episode, dear? The the doctor wakes up, everyone's okay. So they call the rest of unit, and everyone's okay. Um, and Vaughn is called by the Cybermen and mentions the army needs to stay under his control, and they go, alright, whatever, I guess. 
And he tells Packer to go get the professor because everyone's under control, so it'll be fine. And then back at unit, they see Packer and his crew headed over and everyone tries to head out the back door. And they fucking shoot them and Jamie gets shot in the leg. And they send a chopper to help them. Vaughn is upset that everyone wasn't under control, of course, and Packer's worried that everything's going to shit. And Vaughn just keeps uh, doing what he wants because he just wants to keep going. Though the entire world is off air, so they just need to figure out what to do about the cyber control signal. Then, Brigadier unlocks a nearby safe, pulls out a binder, and mentions Russia has uh, something they can use because they were going to send off a rocket to space. Hell yeah. Nice and Russia. Zoe is to be sent with Brigadier to help with the rocket while the doctor wants to talk to Vaughn. He's going to leave the secret radio on, though, while they talk so they learn everything. So everybody goes to do their thing. Packer is talking with Vaughn about how they don't have a full invasion force and shit's really bad. And the doctor's like, hey, can I come up? And they're like, yeah? 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 And then they talk about the Cybermen and how they're supposedly his allies and listens to Vaughn. And he says if they don't listen, he'll destroy them. Uh, Because that's totally doable. And we cut some troops all sleeping on the job, and then the Brigadier and Zoe head inside. And the Doctor keeps trying to reason with Vaughn about saving the human race. And there's nothing yet on the radar with Zoe and them, but the radar's really close range, so they wouldn't be able to see it really anyway. So they put all the rockets on standby. They, uh, the others also landed in Russia, but they haven't really heard anything from there. But then suddenly, there's dots on the radar, and... Uh, there's like a whole 20 minutes of them talking codes and shit. And it's just like, mm-hmm. But the the basis is that the warheads are ready and they're ready to go. And Zoe mentions that uh, if they make a chain reaction of explosions, then they'll destroy them all. And they're like, no one can do that. And she's like, give me 30 seconds. And she does it. And then they fire the rocket and everything gets blown up. And everyone's like, oh, wow. Um... And then the Cybermen instantly blame Vaughn, and they're like, alright, we're, we're taking over this invasion instead. And they fucking attack him. And we're just gonna bomb the entire Earth. So, fuck you. And, th- that yeah, that was it. That, fuck you? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you want me to talk? Yeah. You got anything else to say about this fucking... Do I have to? I know you're just going to shit on it. I... Just talk, goddammit. <laughs> so, uh, this episode it very clearly uh, had a lot of influences. Um, influenced a lot by, like, spy thriller films and TV shows that were popular at the time. Tobias Vaughn is similar to Bond villains, etc., etc. Um, all sorts of other British things like the Avengers, not Marvel Avengers, other Avengers, and a few horror films here and there. Um, uh, my, it, it's also kind of neat to mention that uh, The Dark Side of the Moon was kind of big news in 1968 uh, well not like massive news but like it's kind of a thing because uh, Apollo missions weren't just gearing up for the moon landing but also making it possible to see the whole 40% of the lunar surface that nobody had even glimpsed before like nobody had ever seen The Dark Side of the Moon so it was yeah. like kind of like a big deal mm-hmm. um, uh the Cerebration Mentor uh, machine is only a slight exaggeration of the way children were going to be taught in the 80s, according to pundits. Like, they literally thought that, like, 
hey, technology will improve so much that kids will be able to learn by, like, radio transwaves straight to their brain type shit. Um, which we actually get to in the next story, which is a lot more about the education system and stuff like that. Mm. Um, which we definitely haven't recorded already. Yep. <sighs> Fucking... God damn it. Um, <laughs> what? And, uh, <laughs> what? N- nothing, nothing, dear, nothing at all. Oh, alright. Um, they, they were essentially, um, this episode was essentially, like, the Web of Fear, which is the episode that we skipped that had the yetis and everything, and where we first meet everything. This is essentially, oh, okay. like, that episode number two, but, like, bigger and better. Um, mm. it was also, it, it, it was also another sort of call back to the whole idea that like, you know, the world was so close to so close to destruction so many times mm-hmm. um, uh, the fact that like you know, Cold War and everything and the fact that um, technology was advancing to a place where people were more worried about like, it was becoming more accessible to, genocide was becoming more accessible es- essentially um, I, another sort of quick little thing uh, as late as the 1770s, there were rumours that an army of 20,000 Catholics was hiding in a series of secret underground tunnels in Surrey, plotting to flood the capital. None of them were actually described as hatching out of cocoons, but, you know, it, it's not entirely unthinkable. What? They are Catholics. Yeah, they... they, they London has always kind of had, um... Uh, not always, but, like, they've always had some form of underground tunnel system for sewers. Mainly in no, the 19th century. No, I get that, but such. why Catholics? Uh, you know, uh, Henry? Oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. Remember? Yeah, no. War of the Roses type? No. Wait, War of the Roses about? I, for some reason, my brain was like, you were talking about present-day Catholics, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway. No, yeah, there's actually 20,000 Catholics right now under the city of London. Like, if you're in London, get out, because there are 20,000 Catholics under there, and they're going to come up and talk to you about Jesus. Run. Dear God, run. Uh, who's your favorite saint? Uh, uh... Well, mine's obviously Mary McKillop, because at my high school I was in McKillop House. Hmm. I know Australian saints. I believe... She, what she is very it? recently Saint, became Saint, saint Valentine actually. was the saint oh, of that's beekeeping? The one, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's... I don't know, I just great. like the... I like the idea of protecting beekeepers. Anyway, continue. But yeah, from the from the nineteenth century, there was a really impressive tunnel system down under London. Uh, the sewers were built in the eighteen hundreds, were basically an engineering marvel, and were ba- a massive victory for the war on disease. Because you know, without a sewer system, you're going to get like cholera and shipped. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no Londoner could entirely forget that they were there, especially after they were laid bare by wartime bombing and the extensive rebuilding of the si- city in the sixties. Um, so it's like. The, the sewer system and tunnel system was always there. Yeah. Never really forgotten. Um, what happens in the next episode, dude? Uh, well, s- yeah. Cool. Yeah. What sort of stuff? Uh, the radio is sending back everything with from the doctor, and everyone's like, oh, I understand now. And on Zoe's end, everyone really likes her and thinks she's really pretty. And then everyone learns about the cyberbomb, and they send everybody off again. Vaughn uses the emotion machine on the transmitter 
uh, which just makes it blow up. And then they're like, okay, well, we need to turn the radio beam off. So we can't deliver the bomb. Uh, they call Packer, but only a Cyberman answers. And then Packer walks in the room like, oh god, what happened? And then the Cyberman walks into the room and does a kill on Packer. <gasps> but then the doctor uses the emotion machine back and kills it. So the doctor calls the brigadier and says to either destroy the beam or destroy the ship. We have to make a choice, but it's too far for the ship, so we have to do the beam. And then Vaughn whines and cries and then helps them out of revenge. And then they both head to the beam. And the Russians are ready with a bomb and they send it. And the doctor helps, uh, calls into the brigadier and mentions they need to head in right away. They can't wait for him. The Doctor and Vaughn are there, and the Doctor wants to sneak while Vaughn wants to kill, of course. And then they run to a Cyberman, and he kills it. And then they go up to the roof, where they see where they have to get to, and there's even more Cybermen. And then the army shows up, and everyone is running, and fighting, and running, <laughs> and shooting, and there's a lot of running, and no talking, and shooting, and... <laughs> Vaughn gets uh, killed by some Cybermen at one point, and the Doctor almost gets killed. And then they destroy the transmitter, so it can't set the bomb. But the sh ship is still there, so that sucks. Uh, but then they are like, oh, that I see something on radar. It's a big old spaceship. And they're like, okay, well, the Russian bomb will be there in 12 minutes, uh, which, sadly, is enough time for the Cybermen to deliver their bomb, so we just have to wait it out. And they send out some missiles to shoot down the bomb as it comes towards them. And that's cool. It worked. And then the... Cyberman's ship also gets bombed, so that worked. And then they cut to Zoe and Isabel uh, modeling and hanging out, and she's now a photographer or something. And then the doctor's ready to go, and Zoe's picked up, and they drop him off in a field, and everyone's like, goodbye! And they're like, what the <laughs> fuck are they doing? They're in a field, and everyone's, like, flailing around, trying to find the invisible TARDIS, and the doctor finds it, installs the circuits, Everybody climbs inside and they whoosh away. Woo! And we don't know where they go. Yeah. We don't know at all. Yep. And that's that's the episode. Um, real quick, I will just mention um, the one of the most iconic scenes of sixties Doctor Who, if not the entire classic series of Doctor Who, is in this episode. A scene where the Cybermen are walking down the steps out front of St. Paul's Cathedral um, in siege of uh, the city um, probably doesn't mean much to you, do you? Nope. It, think of it like the equivalent of Cybermen on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial or something like that. A big old monument type deal, important landmark. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the invasion. What did you think, dear? What do you think? I thought. I think you gave. Well, you seemed to be kind of on board until about episode six, and then you were completely checked out. So I'm going to say a two or a three. Let's go with the six. Okay. I I thought like your negative I would feelings be, towards it would have gone off. 
I would be- The only reason I get exhausted by doing long episodes is we record the entire commentary track and then we instantly go into the podcast. And I have breathing problems, that's why I yawn a lot during the podcast, so just, like, it's really frustrating to have to be, like, focusing on breathing and stuff and, like, yawning while talking, because that's not fun to listen to, you know? It, it, it sucks. Um, so that's more so why I get annoyed by long episodes on top of just, like, they don't tend- so far, no, no long episode has deserved to be long. <laughs> All of the long episodes, in my opinion, could have been easily compressed. This being so far the worst of them, I think this could be like four or five episodes instead of eight. Well, it was meant to be four episodes. That's I the know. problem. Like it's, I... And it's very obvious that this one was extended Yes, out. it's very like, obvious. Like, I'm not joking. Like, if I really wanted to, I could edit this down to four episodes very easily. Like, yes. there's a lot of scenes that don't need to be in this. Like, the scene of the Doctor going into the sewer and being like, Hey, I'm in the sewer now. I'm on my way. It's like, that. you don't need that scene. No, Like, we know the Doctor's going in the sewers to go towards fucking international electromatics. Like, that's, mm-hmm. we don't need this scene, really. Yep. Um, the only reason that scene's good is because he does a little comedic thing with, like, he doesn't know which way to go, so he flips a coin, goes, looks at the, the direction that the coin wants him to go, and then immediately goes the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um... But other than that, it's like, this scene's not needed. Yeah. But, yeah. I I do love this episode, but it would have been perfect if it was only four episodes. I just... If they released... If if they didn't... If the next episode that was was meant to be didn't fall through, uh, which was called The Dream Spinner, um, Mm. no idea what it's about, other than the fact that it was called The Dream Spinner. Mm. Um, uh, Probably something about someone controlling dreams and shit uh, if that hadn't fallen through uh this episode would have been absolutely perfect because it would have been just four episodes you would have had the cybermen reveal at episode two mm-hmm. the climax of episode two most likely mm-hmm. and then episode three and four you would have had them dealing with the invasion in episode three and episode four sort of like the invasion over and also hey we defeated the rocket yeah um but yeah it's it's like it's there's a, a lot of there's also a lot of technical jargon scenes that you don't need because, like, I understand having, like, science jargon, for example, but there's, like, a good ten minutes of just military jargon that you just don't need at all. You don't need to understand, like, calculate this to this, and, uh, Roger Wilco, yep, this, that, this, and it's just like, just Roger, say Roger. you're, just say you're ro- launching the rocket. Just say you've <laughs> say homed you're it launching in. launching the locket. Yeah, just say you're homed in, and yeah, you're ready to launch the rocket and then the other guy says go and you're like okay like i understand sort of thing but it just (sighs) but it was fine i was kind of bored but i think that was also due to the length not nearly as bored as the last thing we recorded but like still a little bored (laughs) honestly not as bored as the last thing that we recorded which is the next thing that we recorded (laughs) technically um Honestly, I feel like if this was a f- if this was only four episodes, I feel like you would have rated it an eight or a nine, probably. Because like, if it the, that it would literally be paced better. There would be a lot of shit that I got frustrated by that's not in it, and mm. it wouldn't be probably as a six. Yeah, but that's all right. I'm, I, yeah, I'm just kind of dreading an upcoming episode. But is it the anyway, 12 part one? 
there's no 12 part episode. We don't get to watch that one. Remember, it, it got lost and it was right. in season three. We're in season six. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, um, that is The Invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really. Someone should edit it down to four episodes someday. Yep. Like Li- Elijah Wood did with the Hobbit movies. Was it the Hobbit or was it Lord of the Rings that he. No, it was Star Wars he did that with. He edited the prequels <laughs> into one movie. Um, oh. I don't know what was it Elijah Wood or was it someone else? I don't know why I said Elijah Wood. I don't, I don't know. know either. Anyway, next week the the croutons the, the croutons croutons Ooh. Ooh. croutons. What is your favorite kind of salad? Alien. Mm. I like a really good pear and cranberry and like <laughs> walnut salad. I fucking hate you so much. Hey. No, don't you dare explain that. Don't you dare Anyway, explain so that. next week, enjoy that episode. I hate you. Goodbye. Bye.